0: Let's get to it. Sex talk with Lou on Toginet. And now here is your host, Lou
1: Paget. Hello, everyone, and welcome to today's show. Um, you know, <clears throat> I don't think any of us can possibly go through all of this stuff on a day-to-day basis and not the see how much of sexual behaving badly is like the top thing in the news ongoingly. And if there's one thing that I will say for, you know, people being exposed for doing what they shouldn't have been doing in the first place, you know, high five on that one. But it's also that I think we have to be really clear about what is actually going on here. And one thing people, you know, I was having this discussion with someone this morning And I said, you know, that, you know, I mean, those of us in the field of sexuality, and there are some who say that, you know, sexual addiction does exist, but you can't bill for it. There is no true diagnosis for it. So what it really is, is out of control sexual behavior. And, but, you know, this person's comment to me was, look, as long as someone is trying to make amends or says that they're, you know, doing something, you know, people will forgive them. Well, the thing about saying, you know, Kevin Spacey saying that he's going to the Meadows in Arizona in order to get treatment for sexual addiction, there is no such thing. And, you know, Harvey Weinstein went to a location, whether it's there or not, stayed for, you know, however long. But the important thing about out-of-control sexual behavior is that it absolutely can be treated. It can be treated. It can be addressed. And the main thing that I ask people is is it causing distress in your own life? Is it causing upset for you? And if it is, then, you know, it's your, you know, it's a an issue that you have to look at or have someone who can help you look at it. A lot of the so-called sexual addiction models are based on the 12-step program, which is, in essence, a uh, religion-based find God and have God help you deal with your addiction. Now, when that was first created in the 40s, 50s, whenever they, he first created it, you know, there was, you know, a, it was like the only thing that people could deal with. But when you look at the support that so many of these men have had throughout their careers, and they've never been held responsible. So when I look at, you know, people behaving badly, doing things they know they shouldn't have done, or that was completely, you know, not acceptable, they have to take the responsibility for it. And they also have to look at what can I do to change things? See, like using the sexual addiction model basically absolves them of their own responsibility. They don't have to be responsible. And there's a woman who has created a whole clinic here in Los Angeles for sexual addiction, and it's absolutely effing bogus and makes me crazy. But here, if someone wants to address it themselves, I'm going to give you the name of a book by two gentlemen, Douglas Braun Harvey, and michael Vigori, Michael Vigorito. and it's called "Treating out of Control Sexual Behavior: Rethinking Sex Addiction." Now it just came out eighteen months ago, but what the important thing about this is that it literally gives people a step by step program for them to be able to address what 's going on because I mean I know of people who sexually impulsive and sexually compulsive. And, you know, it's caused a disaster with their marriages. It's caused problems um, at work. It's caused legal problems for them. And, you know, with someone like Anthony Weiner, who just goes into jail for, you know, however, 21 months or whatever it is, for sexting a 15-year-old girl, this is a guy who got caught so many times And didn't stop and whether you know whatever the dynamic was with him and his wife who knows I'm not in there I'm not in their relationship but this is a guy who simply wouldn't stop now one of the things also I know from a friend of mine whose husband happens to be um, in prison right now for uh, money laundering he said any person who goes into the prison and is, you know, a, you know, a uh, sexual abuse, anything in that area, they are persona non grata. And if you think about it, the majority of the people in the prisons, um, majority of these men are married or have families. And the last thing they're going to do is have anything to do with someone who would do something, you know, that would harm their own child. Another book that um, Doug, Ron Harvey did is called Sexual Health and Drug and Alcohol Treatment. And it's, it's a group facilitator book. I happen to have it. It is terrific. But what Doug does is that he walks you through step by step on what you can do and what you can address. And there's programs, there's things to do, which then puts someone more in the feeling of There are, there is, you know, there's hope here for me. There's something that I can do. So enough on the things about, you know, people behaving badly in the news. And yet again, one more person coming forward and one more. And so last week I was doing a show with my dear darling friend, Sandra Beck, and we were looking at how do you deal with things that are, you know, if you've been betrayed or how do you deal with with, uh, you know, when you have surprises in your life. And we were looking at it across, you know, everything. So what I looked at for today's, part of today's conversation, what do you do or how can you rescue or, you know, crazy, you know, crazy protection, your relationship, when all the world around you seems spinning out of control? What are the things that, you can do on a day-to-day basis that can help you maintain a connection in your relationship that can help you maintain conversation because one of the first things that often goes for people in a relationship is they stop speaking when there's problems and this is not you know that is the world of the slippery slope where It's an easy slippery slope to go down it. So, and I, you know, look at some of the women when I'm talking and I read these things and the people will make comments like, well, um, my, I said to my husband, we really need to have a conversation. We need to get into some form of therapy. And he then texted her and said, I'm filing for divorce. She said, you know, it had been silent for far too long. Now, admittedly, and here's the other thing, for many people, and I don't care if you're straight, gay, bi, in between, whatever it may be, by the time someone is going to a therapist as the last ditch attempt to save a relationship, it is way too late. The ship has sailed, the barn door is open, whatever, you know, metaphor you want to use. There's been too many things that have been said and too many things that are upsetting and there isn't a way to bring the relationship back into a balance or a you know a homeostasis. So I ask people what is your intention with your relationship? Because if your intention is to be kind in your relationship or your intention is to, you know, be supportive of your partner then that is something on a daily basis. And I borrow this from someone who does a lot of work in the area of relationships. One moment here, please. Had to have a little sip of water there. And that's Oprah. And she says with every single thing that she does, she looks at what is her intention with this, you know, whatever she's doing. And I, you know, like for example, when I do this show, what is my intention? My intention here is to give you information that it gleaned from thousands and thousands of hours of my working with people, dealing with their issues, so that you don't have to do it. You can learn from someone who's already done all of that work, and then you can incorporate it into what I call the, you know, the, the continuum that we have that is all the things that we do, you know, in our life. That's sort of like that line of, you know, you get up in the morning, you do this, you do this, you do this. But really the important thing for many people is they don't look at relationships, particularly now for someone who is in their early 20s or late 20s, they're not looking at relationship as something to foster for long term. Some people do but many of them don't. And it's easy to just sort of swipe left, swipe, you know, right, whatever. And you're not working on creating that solid foundation that you really will build when you all of a sudden you're like, okay, I'm ready to settle down. Or I think I want to have a family and you don't have many times people don't have the life skills and, this is an area where if I can help someone with this, I'm going to. So we're going to be talking still about how do, you, how do you maintain your relationship when the entire world is crazy. And then we're going to talk about the things that we talked about last week. The What do you do when you've been betrayed? And what do you do when you've been surprised? Here come the tunes.
2: Scott Kelly recently broke the record for the longest consecutive time spent in space, with over 300 days and counting. Astronaut Kelly says he doesn't really experience the molly grubs or depression, but is fully aware of the dangers of being in space. In other words, he understands the gravity of the situation. Speaking of gravity, in space, your arms don't hang by your side like they do here on Earth. So, Astronaut Kelly says he tucks them inside his sleeping bag at night so they don't float in front of him hey isn't it always night in space he also says that he doesn't get the same satisfaction of laying down to sleep like people on earth at least there's no chance of matutalipia that's getting up on the wrong side of the bed It's i'm carolyn davidson and you can have fun challenging your words you never heard vocabulary with my free app too funny for words
1: It's the Fitness Minute with fitness expert, Annette Hammond.
3: The energy drink market is predicted to hit $10 billion. While the makers of these drinks want you to think that the energy you feel after drinking one comes from a supply of B vitamins, amino acids, and herbal extracts, the truth is the only significant proven energy boost comes from the sugar and caffeine that these drinks contain. Eat This, Not That – states that a 16 ounce can delivers as much as 280 calories of pure sugar which is about 80 calories more than a 16 ounce cup of pepsi the sugar is not good for your health or your waistline getting adequate sleep eating a healthy diet and exercising on a regular basis are the best ways to beat fatigue but if you need an occasional boost of energy set aside the sugar spike of an energy drink and have a cup of coffee instead the fitness minute i'm annette hammond
0: welcome back to sex talk imagine having access to some of the best experts in the field of sexuality and sexual health so you can finally ask that question be it function sensation or something you've heard this is the spot it's sex talk with lou on toginet.com and now, back to your host, Lou Paget.
1: <laughs> Welcome back, everyone. Um, as I said before, for any of you who are looking for some help that you can, you know, do for yourself, if, you know, you have sexual, you know, compulsion or impulse or you know someone who does, check out, go onto Amazon and look for Doug Braun Harvey, and that's B-R-A-U-N. Dash Harvey, H A R B E Y, and his uh, book is Treating Out of Control Sexual Behavior, Rethink- Rethinking Sex Addiction. And it's written for the person, you know, themselves. So let's go to what are some more things that I've watched people do that have helped them to rescue or crazy proof their own relationship when everything else around them is going wrong? bonkers first thing don't be around other bonkers people okay if you have if you are around and I say this to women all the time look if you want to get divorced hang out with a bunch of unhappy angry divorced women the energy is so freaking toxic and all it will do is make people everyone is like angry or upset or something and and I watched friends of mine almost trash relationships because they were hanging out with people who were unhappy or, or angry, just don't do it. Hang out with people who like one another. It'll make things a lot easier for you. The other thing is, when I talk about you know being responsible, there's a responsibility that we all have for how we act in a relationship. And look, I you know I'm the same as anybody else. There's times when I do things and I go, oh, that was really not that wasn't very nice that wasn't very okay and but when i become aware of it then i change and i will try and i'll become more conscious of it because really when we think about it every person we interact with is someone that we need a little bit of our energy with them yes we may have a significant other or a spouse or someone who you know you are you know living with and you—that's a person that you probably have some more, you know, uh, rights to say things, or you have more permission to touch them or be around them. Yet, what you also have to have is you have to have a kindness for them, because many times I will see that people will be nicer and more polite to strangers than they will be to their own partners, and. Who is it that you're sharing your life with? Or they think, well, I can say, you know, I can, I can speak sharply to them. It, over vent- Eventually, over a period of time, mm, not good. And here's what you also can do to crazy proof your relationship. Look at how your parents spoke to you or whoever it was was raising you. If they were constantly critical, chances are that was going to be your fault. For- First default response is you're going to be critical and if your intention is to criticize your partner eventually there's going to be so many holes in that bucket they won't be able to you won't be able to carry water in it You won't be able to do anything with it so when I ask people when they're having they're saying oh I remember this one particular gentleman and What I mean, the the thing that they were dealing with is they had two really young little kids. And he was trying to build a business. So he had the stress of that and these two little kids. And then he made the comment about that he wasn't thinking that he found her overly, you know, attractive because she hadn't lost all the baby weight. Well, you know, here's this woman, you know, she's just given birth. I said to him, I said, you know, you've got to be aware that this is a really hurtful thing for you to say. And I said, and he said, well, I want to be honest. I said, there's honesty. And I said, and then there's being an asshole. And I said, that's not what you want to do. You do not want to hurt your wife's feelings. And she is, you know, dealing with these two little kids. That is exhausting. And she's trying to make sure that, you know, She knows that the two of you are dealing with stuff because that's why you're coming to see me. So when I asked him if his intention was to really work on his relationship, and he said, yes, it it is. But I wanted him to say it in front of her. I wanted him to say, yes, I make this declaration that this is what I'm wanting to do. So I will also ask people, how important is your relationship? To you, you know, and how important do you think it is for your partner? Now, everyone's relationship isn't going to be the same. So someone saying, oh, they have an amazing relationship. They've got this going on in their life. They've got that going on in their life. You really don't know what's going on in their relationship because you're not in it. But many times people think, oh, I'm supposed to be having sex, you know, once a week. And I'm supposed to be doing this um, X amount of time. That's called a checklist. That is not called working with what is in your actual world. Intimacy is something that is often in small, small things that are done, little things where, you know, you make something for your partner that you know that they like. Um, You have a special recipe or something, but you do something that you know um, they will appreciate. Then here's the other thing that can help you to get away, you know, to crazy-proof your relationship. Always be appreciative. Because if you are appreciating something, that gives someone a completely different message. You know, thank yous are one thing, but it's like, oh, wow, thanks for that. That was, I really appreciate it. They will hear it like differently than what you would ever expect. So when I, when we're working with someone, I ask them, do you know, and and honestly, this is something that's quite funny. I have become a little bit of a Hallmark movie junkie. And I think they've got the same people writing the same script, except they've got, you know, slightly different life, you know, experiences. But that being said, the big thing is, you know, the one person will be in a relationship, and typically it's the woman, and she's being shown to be, uh, you know, almost to be engaged, or thinking she's going to be getting engaged, and um, this other person comes into her life and says all of the reasons why they are attracted to them, and what they find appealing about them and the things that they like about them. And the person that they're supposed to be marrying or getting engaged to doesn't have a clue about that. And again, that's just having that they've listened, they've paid attention. And the line I always like, I, I like this when they go, why do you love me? Or what do you love about me? And invariably the person says, well, because we have so much in common. Well, that's like people saying, I really want to be a power now, what exactly is that? And is that someone who you think is going to be able to, you know, have influence on people and do other things, and then lo and behold, you're considered a power couple? Well, that's a whole lot of ego walking around in a room, don't you think? When for most people, they just want to be wanted for who they are. And, you know, in many times is... That's why you will see someone who has a lot of money marrying someone who has a lot of money because then the money's not an issue or someone who is really good looking marrying someone who's really good looking because then not what they look like isn't the issue. And so when at times when I'm asking people, I want to make sure that they're clear about why they're in the relationship. Many times they're saying, oh, well, and the worst one, the worst, the worst answer I don't want to be alone. You know? It's like, are you kidding me? <laughs> that is like the worst reason. And, you know, the, the importance of the person and you know, like the football star marries, you know, the the supermodel. Look, this is, you know, that's what is. Because those are the circles they, they circulate in. And that That's why, so if, you know, that person, Justin Bierlander, you know, getting married to Kate, I can't think of her last name. Hey, they are, what they look like and how much money they've got isn't the issue. They happen to like one another. And that's the crucial thing. If you strip it down to who they are, they have a similar value system and they like one another. It isn't just, oh, I'm marrying you because you've got the money and then I can, you know, I can tag along on that. Mm, No, I don't think so. Now, the other thing to keep yourself out of the crazy person category, watch what you're doing on social media. Like, really, watch what you're doing. The postings, where you are, who you are with. I mean, Facebook and, and a lot of the Instagram stuff has now just become, let me show you How much money I've got? Where I've gone? And and everything is all you know, smiles and twinkles and stars, and that's not most people's world. Most people have things happening. They have jobs. They got kids. They got all kinds of things going on. And also, the number one place if you are going to get caught doing something is going to be on social media. Invariably, it's going to be on your phone. It's going to be elsewhere. You send a text to the wrong person. Oops. And then, I mean, that's where, you know, family divorce attorneys, that's one of the first places they look. All of the social media of the other person. And it's all there in black and white for you. And especially if someone happens to be smart and knows how to hack into something and find, <clears throat> excuse me, other messages or find other pictures of you doing something. Just a matter of time. You're doing something, the clock is ticking. So when we come back, I'm going to be talking about betrayal and the lessons we get from surprises. Here come the tunes.
2: hear about Wesley, the golden retriever puppy from Michigan that was fitted with braces? Before you think this is a bona fide insanity, Wesley was born with teeth that were so crooked, he couldn't shut his mouth all the way. This was affecting his ability to eat properly. So his owners took him to the Harborfront Hospital for Animals and Veterinary and Dental Solutions, where a doggy orthodontist prescribed him a set of braces. And now, pictures of Wesley smiling with his bright, shiny braces have been Circling the internet. With all that metal wrapped around their teeth, some would think that most dogs would become bruxomaniacs, but not Wesley. He doesn't mind the braces at all and is now able to eat his food with gusto. A bruxomaniac is someone with an uncontrollable urge to grind their teeth. It's the I'm Carolyn Davidson and you can have fun challenging your words you
3: never heard vocabulary with my free app too Funny for Words.
1: It's the Fitness Minute with fitness expert Annette Hammond.
3: Research shows that most people who make New Year's resolutions include exercise and losing weight as part of their new plan. But by mid February, some have sold their new exercise bike and bought a lounge chair instead. Don't let that happen to you this year. Weight Watchers encourages you to follow these three steps to make keeping your resolution easier. Number one, write down your resolution. Having a clearly articulated goal and plan of action is vital for success. Number two, keep things simple. Break a big goal into a series of smaller goals. If you want to lose 50 pounds, set five 10-pound incremental weight loss goals number three, make small changes. Don't set goals that you're not able to reach. Make minor changes that are attainable. By following these three easy steps, you can be sure to make your fitness resolution stick. I'm Annette Hammond.
0: Welcome back to Sex Talk. Imagine having access to some of the best experts in the field of sexuality and sexual health so you can finally ask that question. Be it function, sensation, or something you've heard, this is the spot. It's Sex Talk with Lou on toginet.com. And now, back to your host, Lou Paget.
1: The one thing that happens for many people is they have someone who breaks their trust, a betrayal, you know, dishonesty, you know, something that, you know, would, you know, cause them distress from their partner. Now, when we have, there's many different types of, you know, betrayal. There's betrayal in business. There's betrayal in, you know, in your when you're working on a project together, but the toughest one for most people to deal with is the betrayal of those people who are closest to you because that's the one where you typically have more of the trust in there and it's kind of like, ooh, this is, um, this is really painful. So when I look at for people who are, because really what often happens for many people when there's betrayal, is they feel like they cannot trust their own judgment. And actually, they can trust their own judgment because they were not making the decision that this other person did. And, you know, if you have an understanding of what your relationship is going to be like, whether it's a marriage or a relationship or whatever it may be, or, you know, the person is going to... Um, show up and they're going to be there for a date or whatever. And then let's say they, they don't show up. Well, that is a type of a betrayal. And many people have talked about uh, online dating. The person, doesn't even jo- you know, the person doesn't even show up. At which point they're kind of like, oh. Or they saw them and just kept walking. I've known that that to happen. The person is standing with the other person they want to introduce them to and the person's in a car and just keeps driving, doesn't even stop. Now, with betrayal, the big thing people have to understand is that, you know, you could also be betraying yourself by saying, I want to stay in this thing when you really shouldn't. Or it may be that you are not seeing what the other person is doing. And the thing that, when people have been dishonest or they've deceived you or there's been duplicity, the important thing about it is addressing it immediately. However you do it, say, well, not okay. And because what that does is it puts the other person on notice that, yes, you have seen it. And, or, (coughs) excuse me, (coughs) let's say someone has been doing the Oh, texting their old flame and then lying about it. Well, it is just a matter of time before that comes out. And if you are the person who, you know, it's, hey, if the person wants to text the person and your agreement or your understanding is, hey, you know, not a problem, just don't violate the boundaries of what our relationship is, then that's another matter. But if someone is insanely jealous and doesn't want anyone talking to them, then maybe that's not necessarily a relationship you really want to be in, right? I mean, yes, you want to have someone who might be tastefully jealous and say, hey, you know, I am aware that, I mean, this is how I think of it. You had a life before. That meant that you had other people in your life before the person you may be with, which means... You had a history or you had experiences with this person, and chances are, if you were together for a period of time, you enjoyed, you enjoyed the time together. So saying that you have to completely cut yourself off for every single person of the opposite sex just because you're with someone, or if someone you know, someone's gay and they say, I don't want you, you know, having anything to do with you know, any of your old flames, you know, your old boyfriend, well, they're not in a relationship with them anymore. They're a past relationship, which so they're not there, right? That's what I try to say to people. Like, look, they're already not in that relationship with that person. It ended. So getting yourself all bent out of shape, all that does is make the other person feel like, oh, wow, um, I, I don't know whether or not I can trust this person or this person's getting right out of control. But betrayal is something that brings up a range of emotions that sometimes you're not expecting and that sometimes you can, you know, be, wow, Uh, because it's it's a shock. Many times it's a shock and you have to sort of like take a step back and go, did they really just do that? Did they really just, you know, call this person and say, hey, yeah, I'll, I'll... I'll meet you, let's get together. That's something where, especially if the couple is having, you know, trust issues. Now, when I look at the party and the responsibilities of what's going on with something, the first thing I look for is, are people taking responsibility for what they did? Are they saying, you know, for some people, they're perfectly okay to have, an open relationship to have an affair to have something happen, and it's up to the two people or the three people, whether it's a you know uh, an open relationship. But it really boils down to they have to have had the conversations beforehand. And you know, you know, someone who's you know has loose ends on things—that's not your responsibility. That fares, and when you are in the middle of a relationship, you want to have the feeling of that security and the stability of it, because that's one of the reasons most people really are interested in relationships. They want something that goes forward, that is stable. Well, a stable relationship doesn't have all of the drama of, you know, the the unknown thing that creates, as Esther Perel says. Is you know the, the brain attitude of things are at risk? So there's heightened heightened uh, emotions and you're not quite sure. And, and yet, if you're constantly worried about and having heightened emotions, that's exhausting. So if there is a betrayal, you've been betrayed or someone has, you know, let's say someone betrayed you. Let's start with that one you have to look at how important and what kind of betrayal was it? Because all of them aren't the same. And we know that the other thing is if someone has, you know, if you've betrayed someone else, you have to be able to say, look, there wasn't anything that happened here. They were, you know, an old friend of mine from this time. We never were intimate. We aren't going to be, but the real thing that, that, helps people in relationships is knowing that they can trust someone because betrayal is the violation of the trust that you have. And that's a tough one for a lot of people. Once that trust is gone, it's not coming back. And I will use the example of a gentleman who was my um, former bookkeeper and his son had gotten married and the girl he married was absolutely crazy about him. And when I say crazy, I mean crazy in love with him. And <clears throat> he, uh, they got married and he was working at a, I think like an at and store. And he starts having, um, carrying on with one of the women who he worked with. And this man went from having a woman who loved him so intensely and so across the board to he literally shattered her heart now they were very catholic latin divorce was not an option but literally when when winston would tell me he said she looks like a ghost i said winston let me tell you something your son will never she will never love him again the way she did ever she may stay married to him and you know they then you know proceeded to have a child i said but i will tell you she will never trust him again ever and winston said you're right she is constantly checking on him and it's she just does not want to go through that hurt and that pain again but uh, again she will never love him the way that she did before. Now that was his choice. He chose to do this, and knowing full well and i told I told Winston I said it is if there weren't if there wasn't a child if she hadn't been pregnant, I can tell you the clock would have been ticking on her saying that's it and this is a couple who had been dating since they were you know early teenagers and The families liked one another. That was a big thing that the families really, you know, knew one another. And and yet, here's what he did. He trashed this relationship. The trust would never come back. And I see it with women. I see it with men. And when someone has broken that trust, you know, you have a choice. You can stay and remain, or you can end it. It's up to you. And I don't think just because someone has made the vows of marriage, they have to put up with someone who is dishonest or deceiving to them. That is not, to me, what a true marriage is or what a relationship is. That is staying together because of lifestyle or other purposes. Now, we're coming up to our uh, final break here. Any questions you have, you can reach me at office at leupaget.com. Or, you know, you can you know, go onto my website, lupadgett.com, and send a message from there. And here come the tune. We will be right back, and I'm going to talk about what you do when you have sexual surprise.
0: is Sex Talk with Lou on TogiNet. With your host, Lou Paget. techniques and tips are her specialty. She delivers bite-sized chunks of information you can use right away that work. So stand by for more sex talk when we get back after these. This is Sex Talk with Lou on TogiNet.com.
1: Welcome to TogiNet, radio with a cutting edge. This is the TogiNet Radio
0: Network, radio with a
2: Did you ever check under the bed for monsters when you were a kid? That's what one man from Zimbabwe should have done. When Guy Whittle retired for the evening at the Humani Lodge where he works, he had no clue that an eight-foot crocodile was sleeping under his bed. He got out of bed to eat breakfast and heard one of the housekeepers scream. What's a word for the fear of reptiles? Herpetophobia. Mr. Whittle said that he had previously been sitting on the edge of the bed with his bare feet dangling just centimeters away from the 300-pound croc. Maybe crocodile noses aren't that sensitive after all. What's another word for smelly feet? Podhobramidrosis. To use a term from Shakespeare... These two were strange bedfellows. It's I'm Carolyn Davidson, and you can have fun challenging your words-you-never-heard vocabulary with my free app, Too Funny for Words.
0: Welcome back to Sex Talk. Imagine having access to some of the best experts in the field of sexuality and sexual health, so you can finally ask that question, be it function, sensation, or something you've heard. This is The Spot. It's Sex Talk with Lou on toginet.com. And now, back to your host, Lou Padgett.
1: Hello, everyone, and welcome back. So, in this final segment, what I'm going to be talking about is what are, what do you do when you have surprises of a sexual nature? Now, most people are well aware of the Surprise of, I mean, with the ultimate sexual surprise is the first time you and your partner see one another naked together. <laughs> Everything's kind of there. And it's kind of like you can be surprised by what's there, or you can be surprised happy, or surprised not happy. And yet, by the time someone is actually with you, you know, your physical body, whether it's in a shower or where it may be they've made themselves pretty vulnerable you know and so here's the thing how do you deal with the surprise I always think there is a gracious way to handle any surprise now so the surprise may be that their body doesn't feel like you think it should or they've got hair in a place that you think they shouldn't have hair and Yet in all actuality, there. I mean, I was just reading this one guy, and I was like, "Oh, you did not do that." He just made himself just like it actually happened to have been in, I think it was New Zealand, and it was a Tinder date. Well, he was a Tinder swipe, and he was wanting this woman. He says, "I really want to, you know, uh, have you help me take care of my Asian fetish?" And I'm like, "Oh, you did not say that." Well. Coming back to, you know, on the surprise side of things, the surprise thing for this guy is he's now on, there's a show that many of you may have heard of called Married at First Sight. Well, there's Married at First Sight in New Zealand. Well, he's one of the grooms. And so this woman goes like this, yikes, this is the guy. And then he told her, you know, he was just awful on this feed to her. And, you know, she had all the, the screenshots of it. So it's kind of like this, oops, because sometimes your surprise is not exactly what you're expecting. Now, one of the things for some people in, when it comes to sexually things people like want to do surprises that they want to do is one of the partners may feel ambushed, you know, like they, someone uh, comes home and they've got a, you know, Suit or something they want them to try on, but they never really talked with their partner about it. So, I mean, I've had people say they arrived at someone's home and the person had a big huge hook above the bed and they're wanting to tie them up. And that hadn't even been part of the discussion. Now, if someone is into whatever type of rope play they are, hey, have at it. But it has to be safe, sane and consensual and not under the influence of drugs or alcohol. anyone who is typically BDSM, they do not drink while they are, you know, any form of play. They're totally sober so they can feel everything. They're, you know, in charge of everything. But when if someone is wanting to try something that they've never tried before and it's in a long-term relationship, that can be a little yikes for many couples. And because what will often happen is the person will go, who'd you learn this from? Or where did this come from? And it may have been that they just saw it. I have a friend who he really, he was watching, uh, videos and happened to see this one woman and it was actually called a cream pie. But he said, I just, he said, I'm embarrassed to say that I like it. And I said, well, why is that? And he said, because it makes me feel so sophomoric. And I said, look, you're not in charge of what, you know, arouses you. What you are in charge of is how you act on it. That's the important thing. So when you have a surprise, you know, from a personal, you know, from a personal standpoint um, in relationship or sexually, there's really, no one really gives you a lot of training on this one, Right. It's kind of like you're off, you know, you're you're kind of by yourself in a never-never land. And I'll use the example of a woman who was uh, dating a gentleman who was, was substantially older than she was. And he had, he was very sought after. And he said, so they were driving somewhere. He said, well, I've, I've met the woman that I'm going to marry. And she looked at him and she said, Oh, who's that? And he said, it's you. And she was like, what? (laughs) Maybe you could have given me a little notice on this. And yet what he was wanting to do, she figured out afterwards, is see what her reaction would be. And she wasn't like, are you out of your mind? She was like, okay, well, and that was the thing. But, you know, eventually there was a little, and here's the thing. When you do get a surprise, pay attention to the little voice inside your head. It will tell you the truth. And the little voice inside of her head was screaming. And, you know, it was screaming, no! And she didn't. She withdrew from, you know, this person. But what is, and and he did end up going on to marry, you know, someone else. But the important thing for her is she learned that she can live with, you know, this was not the direction she wanted her life to be going. Being married was not the number one thing in her life ever. And this person was looking for something that he, you know, he had a completely different intention and agenda to what she did. So, you know, the surprises sometimes for people is they want to know whether or not this relationship is going to go somewhere. So I ask them if they're already sleeping together. When you wake up in the middle of the night and you look at this person, what do you feel? Because at that point, you are literally, it is your subconscious speaking. It's not your vertical, conscious mind speaking. It is your subconscious that is saying, oh, I feel really comfortable here, or what am I doing here? And I use an example of a woman who had been dating um, a very successful attorney, and she realized that when she rolled over this one night, I don't want to be in this bed. I like this person. I enjoy spending time with this person but this is not who I want to be with. And that realization of listening to her little voice in the middle of the night had her realize she needed to end that relationship. I mean, he's still a terrific guy, but not for her. Now, when there's surprises that occur in a relationship because of changes in um, a job or changes in the amount of money that are coming in, those are things that really, people need to deal with right up front. Because if it starts to be something that is hidden and no one's talking about it, it will eventually become a, more of an issue than it needs to be. And the best time to take care of things is now. You know, while I'm on break and I'm you know waiting for the ads to be running, I'm over answering emails Making sure that I get them sent out in a timely fashion because I want the, you know, I want to know that, you know, this person got the information from me and, you know, there isn't a waiting around for something. But with surprises, you know, the people who surprise someone, you know, with the engagement ring or with, you know, a grand gesture. Now, many times, I mean, I've watched people propose in very grand fashion <laughs> in restaurants, and I knew this was not going to last. I knew that the moment she got herself out of there, she was taking that thing off her finger. But she didn't want to embarrass him in front of the entire restaurant. But this was not, she, you could tell just by looking at them, it wasn't a match. And whether he thought it was, and, you know, if he could do this, then maybe, that would be enough. Look, there's enough stressors in our lives that a ring alone is not the thing that is going to be, you know, it's not the surprise that's going to keep something going. <clears throat> it's the intention of why there is a ring. And, you know, if we look at, you know, married at first sight, talk about a surprise, right? You see the person for the first time as you walk down the aisle. One of the things for one of the groups who, you know, did stay together in the third season coming out of Miami is because they, of how deeply they had faith-based attitudes in their family and in their lives. That was something. So when they dealt with surprises, they dealt with it from that standpoint. Anytime there's a sexual surprise, whether it's bringing home a, a sex toy whether it is, honey, I think I'd like to open our relationship. Um, That it has to be both people involved. Otherwise, like I know one person who said she herself is in a polyamorous uh, marriage, meaning she and her husband both have other people that they love and that they have sex with. And she said, the last thing, I ever expected was, you know, a nice Jewish girl, you know, from New Jersey. The last thing I ever expected was to be doing this. But she said, also, the thing, it has to be something that is a decision between the two of you. It cannot be that someone's having an affair with someone and then they go like this. Oh, honey, let's bring this person in and let's create an open relationship with this person. No, that's not how it works. It's negotiated. It's the two people together. And I'm sure you, some of you out there, have heard stories of men coming home with babies and saying, we have to adopt this child because he had a child out of wedlock with another woman. Nice. And, you know, that's a sexual surprise, which some women will be able to deal with it, some won't. So whatever it is you're dealing with this week, whether it is sexual, you know, impulsivity or compulsivity, check out Doug Brown Harvey's book, The um, uh, Treatment of Sexual, uh, um, Out-of-Control Sexual, uh, Treating Out-of-Control Sexual Behavior. And the other thing is that if you are dealing with betrayal or surprises, make sure you get clear what your responsibility on it is and address the issue straight on. I want all of you to have an awesome, awesome week. Any questions, you can find me at office at com. Here come the tunes. And as I said, have an awesome week and be kind to yourself. I'm going to borrow from Helen. <laughs> Bye for now.
0: for being a part of Sex Talk with Lou on TogiNet with host Lou Paget, Every week this will be your chance to be a fly on the wall and learn about one of the most important parts of our health our sexual health. Join Lou